0: morning. Good morning. I'm going to try to sit. I don't know if this will work, but I just kind of want to lay back and just talk a little bit this morning. I don't really have a message, though I may start preaching because it happens. <laughs> um, how's everybody doing? We're all family, so it's just a relaxed atmosphere. And um, Lord, we need your help. Like we've never needed it before. And Lord, I'm asking you to direct us. We're just, let's just pray a minute, guys. Lord, we're just asking for direction this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and move and speak and do whatever's on your heart this morning. Lord, we're your body, and we're all capable of being led by your spirit and ministering. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord, help us. Thank you, Lord. Does anybody feel like they r- really, not that they have something they want to share, but do they feel like they have something that God wants them to share real quickly? All right. What's your name? Kathy, Kathy we're glad to have you. Freaking um, Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Thank you. Um, okay, come on up, Dan. Just something quick. Yeah.
1: It, it was while we were worshiping, and um, Melissa was up there, and she started singing about um, God healing. And it's like I saw. Um, 10 lepers. Luke 17, the scripture was coming to me and I looked it up to see if what I was hearing was right with that scripture. Jesus told those 10 lepers, go show yourself to the priest and as the 10 lepers went to show themselves to the priest, they were healed and the Lord was saying as we look to the Lord and go after the Lord. He's like our high priest. That his goodness will overtake us and bring healing as we're doing what he told us to do. This is just that whole thought of he's going to heal. I really felt it. Like with Melissa, she'll just be walking along, following the Lord and step by step she will receive healing from the Lord because she is running after God. God is also running after her with his goodness. And I believe that's for the whole church. As we run after God, he's going to run after us and his goodness will overtake us on the way.
0: Amen. Thanks for sharing, Dan. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I'm going to jump into something that I'm a little bit hesitant to jump into, okay? I had a message that I was planning on sharing today that I think is pretty important, and um, I think the Lord nixed it this morning. Uh, so I'm trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and do what He says and not what I think is a good, a good word, because it is a good word. What I wanted to share was about how, to, um, how we need to agree with God and speak what God speaks, Um, But in the same sense, I need to speak what God speaks right now. (laughs) Uh, So, and I need to address some things, uh, I think. And if I'm wrong, y'all forgive me. I'm trying to follow the Spirit. And uh, so here we go. This this stool may not last long. So I'm trying to, I'm going to slowly wade into this. Um, Lord help. All right. So... I don't ever want to be one of those pastors that's scared to talk about certain subjects because that's not right. It's not right to God's people. You know, we're called to be light in the midst of darkness, and if we're not willing to address things, then it's because we're, uh, it's usually the fear of man that's holding you back or or you're trying to keep people in your church. You don't want to offend people. But Jesus was never like that. As a matter of fact, he said things often that purposely offended people, and he knew it would. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall have no part in me. What? That's a hard subject. That's a hard statement. Who can follow that? And, and, they, and many turned away from him at that moment, the scripture says. And he turned to the disciples, and he said, will you two go away? And they said, where are we going to go, Lord? Do you have the words of life? And Jesus didn't always make it easy to follow him. As a matter of fact, it often was very hard. And there was a point in that place that where Jesus offended the crowd because they, they came forward to make him, they were going to make him king by force, by man's strength, and they were going to attempt to make him king. And he, he purposely at that point said something that would be offensive to their mind. But he reminded them, the words I speak, they are spirit in their life. Don't it's, it, They're not physical words. I'm trying to tell you something. And so, sometimes God will offend our mind to reveal our heart. Y'all understand that? Sometimes the things that we think are contrary to God's thoughts. He said, higher than the heavens are above the earth, so my thoughts are above your thoughts and my ways are above your ways, right? So God's plans and intentions are much different than ours and often the way we think can not be the way God thinks. And I just have a question for you today. If we're thinking some way that's contrary to the way God would think, who should change their mind? Some of you may have an opportunity to get challenged on some things. I don't know that everybody in the room is going to get challenged today, but I know people online are. Matter of fact, there's probably people online watching just so they can find something wrong, so they can spew out garbage on it because, you know, the, many are pointing the finger. I, you know, Isaiah 58 talks about the pointing of the finger and speaking, speaking wickedness. And that was one of the main reasons why healing wasn't springing forth is because of the speaking wickedness. And there's a lot of that going on in the land today. And, um, but if I don't offend you today, come on back next week. I'll try again. <laughs> So, I believe with all my heart that God founded this country. Okay, I think you know you can see this country's founding in Revelations 12 when it talks about the persecution that the woman was enduring at the, serp- at the serpent, and the serpent went out to destroy the woman. When the sun was caught up to heaven, and it says that it was given her two wings of an eagle that she would fly away to a wil- to the wilderness. And I believe that was a perfect picture of what happened in the um, um, dark ages. You had persecution of believers on a high level. And when I say believers, a lot of the persecution was coming from a false church. It was the church that claimed to be God's church, but they were actually in league with Satan more than they were with God. And just as Jesus said, there was a time coming, and we told the disciples, there's a time coming when people will kill you and think they're doing a service for God. And there came a time when people were actually killing believers thinking that they were doing a service for God. They were wiping out heresy. The heresy hunters. There's a lot of heresy hunters today too, you know. And they go and they kill people. Maybe not physically as much so as, as in other ways today, but there certainly was. And the persecution that sprang of the believers who wanted to read the Bible from the self because it was against the law to read the Word. And so people who wanted to worship in spirit and truth and wanted freedom to follow the Holy Spirit and to be led in by their own conscience and not to be dictated by a state-ran church, that says that you have to worship this way and you have to agree to what we say the gospel is, not what the. and you can't read this book to find out that we're, what we're telling you is not true. And if you're caught reading this book or publishing this book or sharing this book, you, you go to jail or you were murdered. And thus, the pilgrims escaping this fled to the wilderness because that's what America was when, when they got here. It was a wilderness and what's our emblem it's the it's the eagle so they were given the wings of an eagle and they fled across the sea and it says that the serpent released a flood of water to engulf you know what a crazy storm was going on during when when the pilgrims were coming over here their mass was actually broken and they had taken a printing press with them, (laughs) a printing press so that they could hopefully fix it and print the Bible in America as they were founding America. And that printing press that wasn't operational had had a, it was a huge wooden press and it had this screw on it, this huge screw that the mass of their ship was broken and they used this thing to crank it up and it saved their lives. So this printing press that was used for printing the Word of God was the very thing that saved them as this storm-tossed ship was feeling the wrath of this dragon who's trying to persecute the woman as she's fleeing to... And the Scripture says in Revelation 12 that the earth opened up and swallowed the water. Well, in a sense, you know, we've heard Rick talk about this, how the whole earth opened up at that time. And the, the, the church was able to flee to the earth opening up into the new land, which was a wilderness. And thus, America was founded. When they got here, they, they established this and decreed that this land was for the purpose of the gospel. This land was established, regardless of what is being taught today, was established for the purpose of the gospel. And there's a lot of people that say, well, if this is true, why do we have all this stuff that was done in, their, in the early days? Much of which they've lied about, but a lot of it is because they don't understand the Scriptures. What did Jesus say? He gave a parable of wheat and tares, and he said his, that the Son of Man went out and sowed seeds in his father's field. But the, his disciples or his harvesters came to or his, his workers came to him and said, Lord, there, there's tares in the field. Did you not sow good seed? And he said, Oh, yeah, I sowed good seed. But an enemy has done this. You see, anything that God does, the enemy comes and he sows tares. Tares are, look just like wheat when they're young, but they're actually not useful. They're weeds. And you have to let them, in the, in the wisdom of the parables, Jesus said that leave them alone and let them grow up together. Because he knew that if you try to tear out tares when they're young, you're going to pull up the wheat also because they look identical. But when they're fully mature, wheat bows down. There's a humility to it. When you grow up in the Lord, you should be growing in humility. If you're not growing in humility, you're not growing up into Christ. We're all prideful when we first start. We all are. We all got pride in our, in our sinful man but when you're growing in Christ, humility should become a part of, we should be growing up into him, which is humility. That's right. That's right. But the wheat stands straight up. It refuses to bow over. I'm sorry, the tares, thank you. Yes, good correction. The, the tares stand straight up, and they refuse to bow over. And so we see that the, you know, I believe that from the get-go, the enemy had a plan to fight against what God was doing in this nation. And um, there is a lot of stuff going on in this nation that the church needs to stand up and address. There's a lot of stuff going on. And pastors, for the most part, don't do it because they're scared. They're scared of offending people. I don't want to offend anybody, but if speaking the truth offends you, then you need to maybe be offended. You know, any the Lord told me a long time ago, anytime I'm offended, I'm in sin. If I'm offended, I'm the one in sin. You can disagree with somebody, but offense is like, oh, it's the reaction. Oh, how dare you! That kind of reaction is not the Spirit of God. God don't get offended like that. I mean, he, he gets mad. There he, he there's he but he's patient. He's slow to anger. There's not this But that kind of offense comes from pride. How dare somebody think something I don't think? You know, this country was founded on free speech. Free speech is being eroded today. Now, why is that? The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. And at the core of the gospel, the Scripture says that it was for freedom's sake that Christ set us free. Freedom is at the core of everything Jesus came to do. He came to set us free. And this nation that was founded on godly principles and was dedicated to the Lord for the purpose of the gospel by our founders in, six, in the 1600s when the pilgrims came here. That's why this nation was different than all nations prior because for the first time in his existence there was a fight for freedom. It was not totally free when they got here because there was a fight going on because Satan does not want freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There has been greater freedom in the United States than any other country of the world, and much of the freedom that's been in the world has been because of the gospel and its effect on America. Um, Alexis Tocqueville, I am probably butchered that, but in the 1800s, this man came as an ambassador from France, and he came here, and he studied America. He studied it. He went through, he studied um, our government, he studied our school systems, he studied the, the the whole land, and he came away with a term that is now called American except, exceptionalism. He made up the word, not Americans, just so we know. We hear that term, American exceptionalism, this guy made up the word. And what he determined was that America was exceptional in every area. And the reason was, was their freedom that was rooted in their religious observance. He found that America was religious in every way, but that their religion was different than the other religions of the world, even Christianity in other parts of the world, because here, they locked on to the concept of freedom in a way that no country had ever locked on to. And freedom is at the heart of God. Think about this. In the garden, God put a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he gave his creation freedom to choose. He gave them freedom from the very beginning. And then the Israelites come along, and he still gives them freedom. He says, choose you this day. I've put before you blessings and a curse, but you choose. That's God is, does not have a control spirit. He doesn't control us and manipulate us. He gives us freedom and freedom to choose. So if you want to know if the spirit of God is at work in a place, it's the place where they, people can, will give you freedom to choose. Even if you choose wrongly, we should still give one another freedom to choose. We speak the truth in love, but then we give you the freedom to choose. That's what God does. And freedom is at the core of the gospel. Freedom is being eroded in every way right now in our country. And um, freedom is being eroded, and we need to fight for that like we never have before. And we need to stand up and begin to speak the truth in love like we've never fought before. All right? Now, um, I appreciate this, by the way, just so y'all know. That's a, that's a, that's a great thing because... That means you're doing something right mm-hmm. now I may not have done that well I may not have handled that right I'm learning but that is encouraging to me yeah. because there's something demonic there which and really she needs to be set free That's right. but and I could sense that but I did I was trying to sense what the Lord was saying how to handle that but uh, for those of you who are online, we've just had a disturbance in the church. It's cool, though, because the enemy will send people with you to distract, to pull away, to send us in the wrong direction, and and that's encouraging <laughs> because that means you're doing something good. So the, you, I, you, need to, you need to expect things like this to increase, I'm just going to tell you. Stuff like this will increase. As we keep pressing into what the Lord wants for us as a church, you're going to find that kind of stuff increase. You'll find witches coming up in here. You'll find all kinds of stuff. People demonized coming to distract. You remember Paul when he's walking around the, the in the book of Acts, he had a demon-possessed girl who was prophesying, and she was going around screaming at the top of her voice, these are the sons of God who are telling you the way to be saved. Sounds good. It sounds good, except for no one comes to the Lord on the in through the voice of the enemy. <laughs> so... All right. So, what was I saying? Um, freedom. I got a couple things I need to share with you today. Um, I, I want to share a few prophetic experiences I've had, and then I want to tell us. I want us to spend some time at the end praying, and I want to um, just be open about some stuff because I think the church needs to. Hmm? trying to get into this because this is this um and i'm trying to get, decide which way to start first there are things that are happening in the earth today that are absolutely right out demonic okay and i'm gonna i'm just gonna jump into this guys y'all ready seat belts on okay no more all right you remember when remember when jesus was being tempted of satan And Satan came to him and he he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, if you'll bow down and worship me, I will give you these things. The Son of God who created the world and was going to have all that given to him by his father anyway, but Satan was offering it without the cross. But you know, Satan's strategies don't change much. They're the same. And if Satan's strategy was to offer the world to Jesus, if he would bow down, what do you think he does for other people too? Satan's strategy for, for being give, he goes to men and women, and he offers them power in the world in order if they will bow down to him. And you see this in the book. All throughout the Bible, people who get in league with Satan. And I can promise you that right now across the world, there are people that are in power not because they deserve to be, but because they have made pacts with Satan. And all through the book of Daniel, the book of Revelations, it talks about pacts that were made with Satan. And there are powers that be in the earth that are being dealt with right now. Okay. There are people uh, in government and entertainment and media who are the heads of these mountains, the, the seven mountains, if you understand that teaching. And in that They have purposely and willfully bowed down and made pacts with Satan in order to have their position of authority. And they are doing things at his whim. And Jesus made us some good stuff. He said, this is how you know a good tree. He didn't leave us to where we could be confused about what a good tree is. He said, a good tree produces good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit let 's look at some fruit for a minute and let 's see who's on who's a good tree and who's a bad tree. who wants to kill babies in the womb and have even got to the place that they're willing to kill babies out of the womb who look around in the government now if you don 't see this there's governors and others who are who are pr- are pushing not only late-term abortion, but de- denying them life after they've been born. Meaning if you, there's been a botch abortion, they, ref- they want to put them to death even though they're outside the mother's womb now. It doesn't take, it's not a rocket science to figure out that that's evil. But yet there's people that are so blinded that they can't see that that's evil. The safest place for a child should be in the mother's womb. But yet we've become so selfish and so me, 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 that we're not willing to suffer. We're not willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of others. When Jesus said, greater love, and has, greater love, help me out, greater love hath no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. But we have become a generation that we can't even be inconvenienced for other people. So you have this going on. Who are the people that are pushing right now for same-sex marriage? Who are the people who are pushing homosexuality? Who are the same people that are pushing right now in our country for pedophilia to be okay? Right now in California, they just passed, or they're trying to pass a law that, that lessens the, the penalty for people who are having sex with minors. And you know who's pushing it? It's not conservatives. It's liberals. We're talking about good trees, good fruit, bad trees, bad fruit. There's people who are doing things that are absolutely contrary to the very spirit of God, and they're trying to say, you can't tell them it's wrong. Who are you? And we are playing games where we're not speaking up, we're not speaking out, or we haven't spoke up, or we're not speaking out because there's a little voice that says you can't talk about politics and you not talk about religion. Well, who's that voice? That voice is the devil. And I'm not going to play that anymore. I'm going to speak the truth. The Bible says to speak the truth in love. And so I want to address some stuff, and I have a reason for all this, so stay with me. We know... That these things are going on right now. Netflix is doing a, um, a TV program and uh, it's called Cuties. And it has little girls who are pre puberty who are dressed up and ra- raunchy, yeah, like strippers, raunchy stuff. And according to this report, it they have even have in the show breast shots, crotch shots, and this is a Netflix. Production. Now, I have personally been following Netflix for a while because uh, me and my daughter started watching a show called Anne with an E. Y'all remember Anne of Green Gables? A very clean, wholesome, family-oriented show that me and my uh, daughter Alexa we started watching. Anne with E. The first season was incredible. It was so good. We enjoyed it. It was something me and my daughter could bond to. We get into the second season. And it started dropping things so aggressively in it that didn't even flow with the whole theme of the, I mean, it was like it was purposely put in there to push an agenda that didn't even make sense with the show. And it was pushing, it was these two lesbian couples that were trying to help this young man who was a teenager to realize that he really is gay and it's okay. When I saw that, it infuriated me. And I canceled my subscription. If you're giving your money to companies that are promoting the indoctrination of sin and wickedness, you're guilty of their own sins. And I'm going to say that again. If you're giving your money to companies that are indoctrinating and pushing wicked agendas, we as the church are guilty of the fruit of their labors because we're paying for it. Why? Because we don't want to be inconvenienced and miss our television show that we like. Jesus died to deal with sin. So these, these companies are wicked companies. And these people who are doing these things are wicked people. Um, the Obama administration, well, the, the Barack Obama for specifically, was brought into the, uh, the, the company right after, shortly after he left office. So he's a part of this push, just so you know. So we're talking about good trees and bad trees. And some of the stuff that's going on in this country is wicked, 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 and it's got an evil agenda. And, there, and here's what you need to understand about it. The enemy has a plan for the world. It's a one world order. And if you want to understand that one world order, am I tracking with some people? Or I just want to make sure you are with me. The one world order is the spirit of Babel. If you remember in, in Genesis, I think it's Genesis 9, where shortly after Noah, there was a group of people that came together and they said, let's make a name for ourselves and let's build a tower unto heaven so that we are not scattered about the face of the earth. Well, why did they not want to be scattered? God told Noah to go and multiply and fill the earth. So they were in direct rebellion against God by trying to stay in one place to be in unity. You know, there's a demonic unity You can kind of see it right now across our country. You have to tote the line. You have to be in unity with their agenda. Otherwise, you're called names, you're ostracized, you're persecuted if you don't tote the line. There's a demonic unity that's being released over the earth because they have an agenda and it's to rebel against God. And we see in Acts, when God began to speak, um, he said that out of one man, he formed every nation and he established the borders. God is a... God is a God for nations. He has a desire for nations. The Bible even talks about the nations were his inheritance. You see that in Psalms 2. It says, ask of me and I will answer you. Remember that in Psalms 2? Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. God is for nations. He's not for one world order. He actually is for the nations. Jesus talked about in the end times, there would be nations that would be sheep nations and goat nations. Sheep nations would be nations that followed the way that is right in God's eyes. And then goat nations would be ones that did it their own way. I don't want God governing my life. I don't want to go into all the earth and fill the earth. I want to stay here and build a tower and make a name for ourselves. Let's have power make a name. That same spirit that was over the spirit of Bible is, on, is over the world right now. And they're trying to form this one world government to be in rebellion against God. It is a satanic agenda in every way. And the reasoning for this thing, the reasoning that they hate America so bad is because America is the only thing stopping it right now from having its full desire they've established key people and in every type of political place in the whole world in america right now is the only nation there's lots of nations that have freedom that believe in freedom that have you know that have um democracy and they believe in freedom but there's no nation that has freedom that also has the economy and the military power that america does if America falls, there goes the world. And that's just truth. I've never preached a message like this in a church, okay? So I didn't, this, I didn't ask to say this this morning. It wasn't in my heart to do it. These, if America's taken out, there goes the world. And that's why they're doing it. And how are they doing it? They know they can't take America out straight on. So they had an agenda to infiltrate and to take out from within. And for over 100 years or more, there has been a plan by Illuminati's, globalists, who have come in to actually take over our country from within by coming up slowly. They were very patient, and they've been working in our country. And God is dealing with that right now. Now, if you read your Bibles, you can look at Revelation. I I want you to do this. Look into the book of Revelation 17, chapter 17, 18, and 19. I'm not going to read all this right now, but I just want you as a church to go and look at this through the eyes of what's going on in the world right now. But it starts talking about the harlot and the judgment of the harlot. And the harlot was called Babylon, where we get Babel. Okay? It's the spirit of Babylon It's the spirit of the Tower of Babel. And in that place of where this harlot is, it says that she had corrupted the world with her immoralities. But the the Lord says, Rejoice, O you heavens, for I have judged her. Her immoralities had come up before God in the passage. You can look at it. And he begins to judge the harlot, and the heavens begin to rejoice because of her wickedness, because she had corrupted the world with her immorality. I've looked back on my childhood, and now that I'm a believer, now that I'm, I'm, I am, have more understanding and more insight and, and I'm closer to the Lord than I've ever been, I'm able to look back and see all the things that the enemy had planted in my life to deceive and corrupt me. I was an MTV generation. I want my MTV. Y'all remember that? (laughs) Uh, I wanted my MTV. I watched my MTV. I was corrupted by, uh, you know, the hair bands that I love and still enjoy listening to a lot of them. You know, the hair bands that had the the motorcycles and the, the women run around in bikinis that began to push the envelope of sexual boundaries that had... You know, there was a time that women didn't wear bikinis. You know that? Now they're everywhere, and, and they think it's okay. I know so many Christians that thinks it's okay for women to wear bikinis. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. But the Bible talks about stumbling blocks, right? And bikinis are a stumbling block to men, it is a stumbling block. You're you're helping cause men to stumble who are there's a lot of good men or they're fighting the fight and they're resisting temptation and they're resisting that thing and they go to the beach and they have to struggle because they can't enjoy the ocean because women are running around in bikinis. Well, Rob used to say, "Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good." Uh, And the reason why they think it's okay is because they've seen it their whole life. I saw it as a kid. It was normal. It was normalized. And they have normalized things that shouldn't have been normalized for so long. And we've become so desensitized to what's wrong that now we accept what's wrong because we've always seen it. And we don't want to kick against the goat or the flow of the world. But the Bible says, come out and be ye separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. You will be my sons and my daughter, says the Lord. We've got to come out from her. And he says in Revelations, come out from her, the harlot, unless you partake of her diseases. The Lord was about to strike her with diseases. And we would partake in them unless we come out. And I'm telling you, the church needs to come out today. We need to stop being okay with immorality and sin. It's not okay. There's nothing, we don't want to judge or condemn people who are struggling with sin because we all struggle. We all stumble in many ways, but we don't want to ever start getting into the place that we okay sin. When we start saying it's okay, we have left, we have left the truth of the gospel, God's got grace for people who are struggling, who are trying to get free. He doesn't have no grace for people who are saying, it's okay to sin. It's not okay. He said, be you perfect, even as I am perfect. And he's called us to grow up into a maturity. If any man claims to be in Christ, let him walk as Christ himself walked. Okay? So this impurity and this unholiness and this wickedness that this harlot is spewing, it says that she has corrupted the world with her immoralities, um, God's judging right now. He really is. I don't know if you know this, but sex trafficking is at a all-time high. There are kids that are being born into sex trafficking. There are slaves right now in this country, not just other countries, in this country. It is high dollar business, and there are multiple things they do with these people that they, where they harvest kids these kids have never seen freedom, a lot of them, and they're being rescued by the thousands right now, thanks to Donald Trump and his, his, what he's doing to go after this stuff. He is going after this sex trafficking. It's not just sex trafficking. They're harvesting children so that they can take their organs and sell them to people who need organs to survive from diseases. Wickedness. You're going to kill an innocent child and take away their life to sell it for millions of dollars to rich people who need a kidney or need a heart transplant. That's going on right now. That's going on right now. They're also using a thousand, How many have heard of Adrenochrome? Adrenochrome. Did you say yet? Yeah? No, no. Oh. Adrenochrome is the top-selling drug right now, probably, of the elite. You know, the adrenochrome is harvested in the blood of any human when it is under torment or high-level duress. Terror, torment, and these kids are being tormented. They're being terrorized. And when their adrenaline is at its highest, they harvest their blood, and, and then people... I've heard Mark Zuckerberg talk about taking this drug. These people are on the high ends of our society are doing this thing, and it's wickedness. This is a satanic cabal that God is judging right now. And when I say satanic, they know what they're doing. They know who they're in league with. We're not talking about innocent people who don't know. And I pray that God saves them. I really do. God, I, we need to pray for these people. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. But we need to stand up against this stuff as a church of Jesus Christ. If Jesus ain't going to stand against it, if Jesus' people aren't going to stand against it, who's going to stand? We have to stand up against this stuff. And we have to begin to support the candidates that are doing the good work. Now, I need to say a few more things. And we we need to pray. That's a sign. We need to pray. That's the Air Force. In
2: the midst of that worship, and all of a sudden, I felt like the Lord started to speak stuff to me. And it kind of goes right in line with what you're talking about today. And I think think the Lord is trying to communicate something to us this morning. But I I just started writing stuff down. I'm just going to read what I wrote. He wants to be glorified. He is so worthy of everything we possess. Worship Him alone. And this is kind of starts to fall in line. Allow him to empty you of everything that resists him. Give in, surrender to him. Put your eyes on him. Take your eyes off of the stuff of this earth. Hardness. And that's So I got that first part and I just was kind of getting quiet and listening and I felt like the Lord spoke to me. Hardness. Hardness has cost us his presence. Soften your heart and return to him. Resist the things that try to separate you from him. Run from those things and pursue him. I've seen so much failure, Lord. I hate it. Show me how to attain to your blessings. You have come to give me life abundantly. You've planned for our success, not our failure. Remove the things that block your blessings. And this is kind of in line with what you are just saying, too. For the sake of this world that is so desperate for you, all of the ideas, all the plans, all the desires that are from you, let them come to pass
0: amen well, that's what I want to get to, and this is i'm I'm, I'm slowly unfortunately building to something that I want to share with you guys and that Paul Heather noble, it was your wife, right the dream oh, oh, you had a dream, but she had a dream Paul had a dream last night that kind of confirmed that I was because i, I guys i don't have a notes I'm just talking from the heart right now i I did, what I had planned that the Lord kind of change changed my direction, so I'm just kind of flying from the, shooting from the hip, if you will. Um, but when you read through Re- Re- Revelation 17, 18, and 19, you begin to see the judgment of the harlot. You need to read it. It's going on right now in this earth. It's causing me to rethink some of my eschatology, what I've believed about in-time events. Um, I think we're living through this right now. And But the, one of the things, and this, if I can have a few more minutes, um, one of the things that I need, there's two things I need to get to. In Revelations 18.23, it says that, talking about the harlot, it says, And the light of lamp will not shine in you any longer, and the voice of the bridegroom and bride will not be heard in you any longer. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, because all the nations were deceived by your sorcery, Your witchcraft. That word is witchcraft, pharmacia. The nations of the earth were doing business in this harlot that's corrupted the world with her. You know they're they're making money off of this wickedness, and if you've ever seen a, I mean that is going on today. But there is a blindness and a deception that Jesus warned about in Matthew 24. as one of the telltale signs of the last days. He said, beware that you do not be deceived. He warned his disciples, don't be deceived. And then he said, there will be signs that will be shown that even the elect, if possible, will be deceived. He warned about deception. Well, how does this deception come? Well, it comes through a couple of ways, but one of the primary things, and this is something every time for the last four or five months, I've, I start praying for America. I keep seeing witches. They pop up in my head. I mean, I'm looking at them. And I realized what the Lord was saying was that the battle that we're fighting over this nation is occultic. It's witchcraft. It's demonic power. And witchcraft According to this verse, this harlot has deceived the nations by her sorcery, her witchcraft. Witchcraft is being used on a level that we can't even understand. There's human sacrificing. There's all kinds of... Witchcraft is real. That's why God forbid it. It's a demonic road to power, but it's not God's power. It's the power of Satan. But it does release power. And it's that sorcery that has deceived the nation. Why are people so blind today that they can't see some of the stuff that we see? They're under the deception of, of, the, of this witchcraft. So we don't need to be mad at them. We need to pray this witchcraft be broken off their minds. Because the, the, the these people have been blinded by the mind of unbelieving. Now, here's where I want to kind of get back to where I started. I'm about to talk to you about something that the Lord gave me and how he started me on some of this journey. Uh, in 2015, the elections were beginning to start to wind, you know, start, people were starting to come out that they they were running and, and, uh, I was a Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz guy. He was a conservative. I'm a conservative. I think the Bible pushes conservative ideas. I'm not a Republican for the sake of being a Republican. I'm a conservative because conservatism is, as I believe is God's way. I'm trying to get in line with God. You know, there's so many things about. I'm not saying all politicians who are in that party are good. They're not. A lot of them are evil. But I'm saying the platform: man and marriage between man and a woman, pro-life, limited government, personal responsibility. You know, the Bible says. Bible says. Hey, the Bible says. He who does not work shall not eat. This this hand, government handouts just handing stuff out is really the motive behind that is buying votes. It's not trying to really help people. If they were trying to help people, it would have worked by now. It doesn't work. I've, done, I've been in ministry in, in for most of my adult life in inner city, and I see kid after kid have babies and not get married because they get more money from the government that way. Mm-hmm. They have incentivized sin. Mm-hmm. That is contrary to God's heart. And it's wicked and it's evil and it's actually enslaving people more than it's helping them. Because if people can't stand up on their own two feet and work for a living and take personal responsibility, they're not growing as a human. They're staying in childlikeness and dependency. And God doesn't want us dependent upon the government. He doesn't. The government is not our hope. God is our hope. The government is not to be our what people have termed the nanny state, that they just take care of us. All that is is stealing from one group of people that's working hard and giving that money to someone else who's not. The church should be the most, should be on the front lines of helping people that need help, but it has to be done from a relational basis where people can help them grow into personal responsibility. We all get in trouble. We all need help. We should get help. I'm thankful for helping the poor. We should help the poor, but it's not the government's job. They don't do it good. They don't do it right. They hurt people by doing it because they just throw money at people without a heart to actually go get lock arms with them and care about them and walk them through life and to help them grow up and actually teach them how to fish, not just give them one. And that's the difference between charity that's done on a relational level versus charity that's done from a governmental level with no relationship whatsoever. Just sign in and get your check and keep voting. So and I was gonna vote for for Ted Cruz I was about to send him money at three different times when the Lord spoke to me and said don't he's not the one and a month about a month would pass between each time and I would begin to doubt the word that I got and I would go to do it again Donald Trump came on the scene and though I liked that he was not politically correct because political correctness is from the devil it's appearing as an angel of light. You know, the Bible says Satan comes as an angel of light. He doesn't come with pitchfork and horns. He wants to look righteous and true, but his motive is selfish, deceptive, wicked. And I love that he wasn't political correct, but he, was, he sounded so arrogant to me that I just couldn't stomach it. I just couldn't. Um, but I'm praying. And you know why I'm praying? Because I realize that I don't know it all. I don't see it all. I don't have all the answers. I need God's help. I need God to show me things that I don't see. And how many people would have picked Saul of Tarsus to be the next apostle for God to raise up on the scene? He was standing at the feet of the very people who were killing Stephen. Did the church see that that was the next apostle? They were running for their life from this guy. But he was the very man that God raised up to lead the church in that time. And so I realized that my brain can't figure this stuff out. I'm not bright enough to see Ben's heart, to see tomorrow. I can barely see today. How am I going to see tomorrow? I need God's intervention and help and wisdom. And so I began to fast and pray. And I said, Lord, show me what's on your heart. Show me who you're behind. On February the 21st, At 3.21 in the morning, I get woken up and I'm staring at the clock. And 21 is my prayer number. When I see it, it's usually in the middle of the night and it's the Lord getting my butt up to pray. And so I grabbed my Bible and I got up and I went downstairs and I sat on the couch and I began to pray. And I didn't know what I was praying about. I'm just, God got me up to pray. I started praying for my neighbors, started praying for whatever. Next thing you know, I hear a voice speak to my, go through my mind. It was, you remember that prophecy in 2007 that a president would turn to the Lord? What if that wasn't for then, but for now? Kim Clement had given a prophecy in 2007 about a president turning to the Lord, and that was about all I remembered about it. Uh, didn't remember the full prophecy at all. I just remembered that one aspect, and I thought he missed it because I didn't see the fruit of that on Obama—that someone who that really had softened their heart and turned to God at all. He was do his everything he did was actually. Contrary to biblical truth, pushing gay agenda, you know, the lessening, you know, Christians being being able to be vocal. There were so many things I could go through, but yet I prayed for him, and I love I love the guy. I mean, I really did love him, and I prayed for him on a regular basis. I I had a God gave me a heart for him, and he's a very likable guy. Um, So I'm praying, and 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 I remember this prophecy barely. And I'm thinking, what if that wasn't for then now? And I started considering it. And as I'm praying and considering this word, someone texts me the full prophecy in the middle of the night. I mean, this was 2016 at this point. I hadn't seen this thing in a long time. I barely remembered it. But the Lord speaks to me once again. What if that wasn't for now? But, but for, what if that wasn't for then, but for now? talking about a president coming to the Lord. And then someone sends me this. Kim Clement, Prophecy, February 2007, Scottsdale, Arizona. God's Spirit says, I am waiting. I am waiting for a response from my people throughout this land. Can someone see victory? Can someone see honor? For God says, let me remind you, I will place at your helm a president that shall pray to me, says the Lord. He will pray to me. And God says, in the next two terms, there will be a praying president, not a religious one, for I will fool the people, says the Lord. He's going to fool them. He's going to trick them. I will fool the people. Yes, I will. God says, the one that is chosen shall go in and they shall say he has hot blood. (laughs) For the Spirit of God says, yes, he may have hot blood, but he will bring the walls of protection on this country in a greater way. And the economy of this country shall change rapidly, says the Lord of hosts. God says, I will put at your helm for two terms a president that will, be pray- that will pray, but he will not be a praying president when he starts. I will put him in office, and then I will baptize him with the Holy Spirit, and my power, says the Lord of hosts. That was in 2007. When I'm reading this in the middle of the night on February the 21st at 321 in the morning, shortly after that actually, uh, but that night, that morning, after having that thought go through my head that I recognized as being the Lord, I began to read this and I said, who could this possibly be talking about? And there was no one else. Who is hot blood? Who's an angry man? Trump. Who's talking about building the wall around the nation? Trump. Who can change the economy? Trump. I thought, God, is that really you? And I, and I had to check my own heart because it offended me. God, this guy's arrogant. He talks about himself all the time. <laughs> really? You're going to use this guy? And as I came away from it, I realized, yes, this is God speaking. I couldn't make this up. I have this word come to me from the Lord, and someone sends me the prophecy in the middle of the night what are the chances of that? That's ridiculous. That's God. And so I said, Lord, okay. I'm, and I started praying for him. And you know what? That same week, Ben Carson, who is a Christian, was being interviewed. He, he had just ended his run for presidency, and he had endorsed Donald Trump. And, and you can't find this in a lot of places, but there was a, at that time, there was, he was having an interview, and, and one of the guys asked him, they said, um you always say that God directs your path. Did God direct your path to endorse Trump? They're already trying to go after him, you know? And he says, actually, yeah. He's like, I have two people that don't know each other that uh, had a similar dream that they came to me and shared with me about me working with Trump and that God was behind Trump or something to that effect. And then it was like he he realized who he was talking to and then he started winning all the natural reasons why he... uh, And then... Right after that, one thing after another, you beg- I began to discover prophecies that had been spoken by people y- years in advance. There was a prophecy by a guy, a, a fireman, who, um, who the Lord said Trump was going to be the next president. Uh, Chuck Pierce had a word about a Trump card being played that would save America from the Satan. Um, there were people out of New Zealand prophesying Trump was going to be the next president. I found one from a, a, this old Catholic guy who was not even in the, the priesthood or anything like that. He's just a Catholic guy. But he said he spoke this back in the 80s, said that God showed him that Donald Trump would turn America back to God. And the guy that he shared that with laughed at him. He's like, you know who this guy is? This is a billionaire playboy. God's, God wouldn't use this guy. And that's my thing. We think we know God so well. But think about the people that God has used in the Bible. Samson. His favorite pastime was sleeping with prostitutes. Abraham. He was willing to pimp out his own wife for fear of his own life. Noah was getting drunk. David killed a man because he got his wife pregnant and they found out. Now, that's not the okay sin. It's not. But, but God uses fallen men. He doesn't use perfect men. There's only been one perfect, one righteous. It's Jesus Christ. And so if you're offended over this guy's words, but you can't see the things that he's doing that are righteous by shutting down these sex rings, by fighting for religious rights like no president in, our, in my lifetime, certainly, but probably ever in our lifetime, or in, in our, maybe the history of the world has had to fight for religious freedom like this man has. He's taking a heat for us, and he needs our prayers. He is doing things. Now, here's what you need to know. Here's all you need to know, really. When Donald Trump was inaugurated into president, as the president in 2017, witches came out of the closet, and what they used to do in private, they began to hold open meetings in our our country and began to call for the people to come together and to curse the president. Why would the powers of darkness align themselves against something like that? Could it be clearly seen now that they are fighting God? Donald Trump is not a perfect man, but he's, God has raised him up. Now, I could tell you some prophetic significance of things with him that you can't make up. Like the fact that um, Lance Walnow said that he met with him and he said, this man is a Cyrus to our country. And he will be a Cyrus to the Jews. He said he has the Cyrus anointing out of Isaiah 45, which talks about Cyrus was the Persian king who was a pagan who did not know God, but his heart began to turn towards God. And after 70 years of captivity, and Jeremiah had prophesied that the children of Israel would be returned to their land and would rebuild the temple after 70 years, this Cyrus was raised up and he released the Jews and not only sent them back, but he paid their way and gave them military escort and protected them with the government's military so that they could go back and build the house of God in Jerusalem. Seventy years, as it was prophesied. In 1948, Israel came on the scene. Seventy years to the very day, Donald Trump opens the embassy in Jerusalem. Seventy years as a Cyrus to the day, he opens the the uh, the embassy in Jerusalem. And what does Benjamin Netanyahu do? He makes a coin to inaugurate it, and in the coin on one side has Donald Trump's picture. And on the back side, it has Cyrus. Read Isaiah 45 anew, afresh, with fresh eyes, and see if you don't see what I'm seeing. I know I'm long, and I've, I've got more to share, but I'm, I know I'm out of time. We need to pray like we've never prayed. And we need to be diligent because our, our, not only is our country at stake and the freedom that we love at stake. Right now there's people that are being, there's a church in California that's being sued, and a judge just ruled against them that they can't open, they can't practice their constitutional right the, the freedom to meet, you know, their, their, their First Amendment rights are being taken away, and judges, wicked judges, evil judges, who are gone past their, their, their positions right, their, their, the right of their power, have gone past that and ruled against the church, and that's in California. That's ran by Democrats. All across this country, you have cities being on fire. In Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm from, they were cha- Black Lives Matter. Were chanting "F your Jesus, F your Jesus, F your Jesus." You can see it. I was awoken after the death of George Floyd to a a a, a, a vision, or, or I, I, I was falling asleep. I had had to take a nap. I was so tired. I went to sleep. I haven't told this publicly, and I hope this is okay. But maybe I shouldn't share this. Are y'all okay? If you need to leave, just leave. Let me tell you something. God cares about injustice. He cares about every injustice in this land. He hasn't forgotten. He never forgets. The blood cries out. Okay? So don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. Because there's a difference between injustice and what I'm about to talk about. Dealing with injustice. God's throne is founded on justice and truth. Justice is part of God's throne. He wants justice. He wants the justice that Martin Luther King Jr. fought for that says that men would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by their character. Guys, we've overshot the runway. We've turned into a place now that you actually, there's, you're judged by your skin on both directions. You know, you're white, you're a white supremacy. You've you got white privilege if you're white. That's sin and wickedness. We're judging people after character, not the color of skin, right? So what does the color of skin got to do with anything? And then you do have black people that are treated down that, for, for being black. They, their only crime is they were black. That's wicked too. It's just as wicked. And you know what? This country actually was founded by a bunch of founding fathers who hated slavery, unlike the, what they're telling you today. They hated slavery. The only, You know, in Thomas Jefferson's draft of the... Of the Declaration of Independence, he specifically cites uh, the king, how the King has stolen people from another continent and enslaved them and brought them to sell them, and how it was wicked. That was actually go look up the original draft of Thomas Jefferson's Declaration of Independence, and you will see that behind the heart of the Declaration of Independence that says all men were created equal, it was to end slavery. There was people in our founding fathers that hated slavery. There were founding fathers that had slaves in the whole, like George Washington, and the whole reason they had them was to protect them. And I can show you that historically, they hated slavery. George Washington freed all his slaves at the end of his life. But there were two laws that kept him from hap- that. Were, there was a law. The first, the law was the law of England that says you could not release slaves. They were they were for slavery, and there were two states that said we will not succeed from the Britain if you do this. Georgia and South Carolina. Surprise, surprise. All the other states wanted to, slavery to be on the docket, and it wasn't dealt with when it was supposed to be because they caved. They thought we needed everyone's support. And they, I don't know, have been a tough position to be in. George and South Carolina were the only ones that resisted. So Thomas Jefferson rewrote the, the, um, uh, the, the, the document. So to be a little bit less, um, yeah, dogmatic, he should have kept it the way it was. But I had this experience where I was sleeping and I saw Martin Luther King Jr.'s face and I looked into his eyes and don't... People can cut and edit this and make it sound like I'm about to say something bad, but you need to hear everything I'm saying. I saw his face and inside his eyes was something demonic and evil. And I looked and I could not believe the evil in his eyes, but as I looked, I said, wait a minute. Right here on his eyes... I began to see this was a mask. This wasn't Martin Luther King Jr. at all, and it woke me up out of my sleep. And I'm and it just my heart's thumping. And I get a text message by a from a Christian I knew, who was inviting me to go to a march, to give voice to what's been going on with the you know with with the things. And I knew I could not do it because the what what had the mask, the face of Martin Luther King's civil rights, was actually something evil behind it. That was an agenda. It wasn't God's heart. God's for civil rights. But this is not civil rights. And the proof of that is playing out all across the country. God cares about black lives, but this organization, Black Lives Matter, it's evil. It's wicked. It is demonic and you can hear this in their own words. If you don't believe me, go Google it. Go to YouTube, watch them say it. The people that started this organization in their own words said they are trained Marxists with the f- f- with the goal of destroying America. These same people on other videos basically admit to that they're in they're witches. And that they were invoking demons and spirits into them to give them power. This is online. You can watch them say this in your own words. And that's why when these people come in, they will take any perceived misjustice and they will use that to gain sympathy and then they will take it as a Trojan horse and get in there and they'll use it for destruction. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. But the enemy, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy What's going on in our cities right now is destruction, and it's by the enemy, and it's being allowed by democratic governors who don't want to say no to it. Why? They're trained Marxists. They want the destruction of America for the one world order. Chaos suits them because they can swoop. They can. They can do all kinds of stuff with it. This is not happening in any Republican ran city across the country. Not that it doesn't try to break out, but they put a stop to it. They'll call for help if they need to. They don't let it go on. There's murder going on in these cities. How many black lives have been lost due to the so called Black Lives Matter? What about that Chief Doran who, Dor, Dor, was it Doran? His last name's Doran. The, uh, he, that, he retired police officer defending his friend's shop. And was shot to death during a black lives matter a little girl a little black girl in Georgia was shot to death that's not black lives matter if they really cared about black lives they would get up here and fight against what's going on in Chicago for the last decade or more black lives do matter but when you use it as a political tool to move your agenda that's wicked and evil and that's not really caring about black people Planned Parenthood was started to wipe out black people. Right. Margaret Sanger was a, was a racist, and that's what Hillary Clinton says was her hero. You can Google this. You can see it. She said it. Margaret Sanger was her, um, was her hero. And it was founded to... And if you look at Planned Parenthoods, where they've been strategically placed, they're always strategically placed around low-income housing complexes that are predominantly black. That's wicked, it's evil. But you know what? God's got a plan for the black members of our country. The reason they're being fought against is because there's a destiny on their lives. And they're going to arise. And and you know, something the Lord showed me. I'm praying for this to happen. I hope you'll join with me. There's a glory that God wants to release on this house. But I had a vision of it one day in prayer. I saw a black support get put in in the center because the roof was caving in under the glory. And I said, Lord, what is that? And he said, you need black support to hold the glory that's coming. We're called to be a mixed house. All the nations, you know, the the, the Bible talks about in Revelations how there's men from every tribe, tongue, and nation. You can't have, I hate how, s- thank you, Margaret, for being a part of us. We need you. <laughs> we need you. And we're glad you're here. And And we won't. We want the black community to feel welcome here, and we love them, and we want them in this house, and uh, and pray that in because God has a plan for this church, and it's to be a, a mixed congregation, and we want that in here, and we want to stand with our black brothers and sisters, but we want to stand in truth, not in falsehood. You know, we want real justice, not a fake justice. That's a manipulation of the enemy, right? That's. <laughs> All right, so here's what I'm I'm saying all this because here's what I need us to do. This election is the most important election we've ever had. And they're trying to steal the election right now. I'm promising you, if you don't believe me, pray about it. Do some research. They are busting fraudulent, There's having fraudulent cases of uh, voter fraud going on at high levels right now. It's been going on for a long time. I don't know when the last time we've had a uh, a truly, you know, fair election. But I do know that they didn't see Donald Trump coming. They thought they, they took him for granted to some degree. They thought they had it in the bag with all the, the, all the extra votes they had that were not even people alive. But anyway, they, um, he got in and it shocked them. And that's because, but we need to be praying and we need to vote. And I encourage you, do not mail in your ballot. Go to your voting district and vote in person. If you do vote in your ballot, mail in your ballot, go to your place that you're supposed to vote and verify that your vote has been counted and that it's accurate. If you can't do that, then vote in person, which I encourage you to vote in person. They are trying to steal this election. In Chicago, there was over 100,000 driver's license with American faces that had been imported from China and it got busted. Those are the ones that got caught. What about the ones that didn't get caught? Where you have 120% of a precinct voting and there's only 100% in the, you know, there's only 100, you know, you can't have 120% in a precinct voting. It's impossible. You got dead people voting. So my, my heart's cry and my reason for this message this morning, or what I was just really shooting from the hip, is that we would be alert for the purpose of prayer like we've never been. Don't let a day go by that you don't pray for the president, that you don't pray for his family, that you don't pray for our leaders, that you don't pray for our Supreme Court. Because you know, you ever see why some of these judges, all of a sudden they shift gears and they change direction? You ever wonder why? If you ever seen the movie, The Firm, you know how their, the policies work. They They will get dirt on you and they will blackmail you. And if they can't get dirt on you, they'll get dirt on your family and they will find a pressure point to to manipulate you into what they need. And you don't get released into power without having usually some level of dirt that they can blackmail you so they can control you. That's just the truth. And we need to be praying. We are in a war right now. I'm pray for Israel. Yes. Pray for our country. Um, We are in a silent war right now a silent coup even But it's going to turn. This is what i'm predicting. I'm not saying thus saith the lord I just believe this is going to happen and i've had enough dreams that make me believe this is Accurate but and then plus words from other people as well like rick and other people About the civil war that's going to get released Um, y'all got another second for me to share your quick dream um if you need to go, go. I'm serious. I understand. We, I believe Donald Trump's going to win re-election. It may, be contend- it may be under contention. They may try to go to the court to try to say he didn't. I don't know. I don't know that from the Lord. But I do know that Kim Clement's prophecy, he would win two terms. At the point that he does, I personally believe it will no longer be a silent coup, but a write-out coup because they have nothing left at that point. He is beginning to go after these people who have been doing wicked, evil things, and they know if they don't get him out of the office, many of them are going to going gonna to be tried for treason. Many in a military court. That means you can be put to death. And they know that. The end of the harlotry that's been going on in the nations, these corrupt people, God is judging them. And when I shared with y'all back in the spring about that shaking that the Lord showed me was coming. It's not just shaking the earth, it's also shaking the heavens. The spiritual principalities that have been over regions are being judged just as those on the earth are being judged. There's a shaking going on in the heavens and the earth. And so, I had this dream. In the dream, I was sharing with my brother. It was nighttime, and I had the Holy Spirit beside me in the dream. He was with me. And I said, listen, we have to be listening for a phone call from the president because the president has access to all our cell phones. He can give out emergency alerts. You know, Democrats hated that when that happened, and and I understand if I was a a Democrat, I would hate it too. But um, he he has access to our cell phones. He can send us warnings as a whole country. In the dream, I was telling my brother, we have to be listening for... The president's warning because he's gonna let us know about the insurrection and in the dream I knew I had a knowing that this insurrection was coming. It was gonna be a physical war They were gonna physically try to take him out and he fleed DC to a safe house to a safe place And it would meant that it was it was game on no more Silent coup. It was the right out take him out the take back to take try to take over the government in the dream st- things, I knew it was going to be very dangerous to go from one place to the other. So travel was going to be difficult. It was unsafe to travel in the dream without guns. And it was dangerous even to do it with guns. And I'm not telling you to get a gun or not get a gun. You need to hear God on that. You know, faith is a weapon, you know, but you need to hear God. Um, but in the dream, it was very dangerous. And I was very concerned and I was warning my brother in the dream that and I think that's my call to warn my brother that this is coming. In the dream, it was, gonna, it was nighttime, which means there's not going to be a lot of light. There's going to there's, there's be a season of darkness, which means things go silent for a while. But all of a sudden, scenes changed, and I was looking at na- this neighborhood that I was walking in, and all these people were putting up Christmas decorations, but they were half put up there was they weren't fully put up, they were in the process, and that was in the dream and I felt like the Lord began to warn me and tell me that based on the this was my interpretation of the dream that that was timing when this when this was going to happen, it would be about the time you're decorating for Christmas. I think we need to be prepared for that timeline, and I'm telling you that before it happens if i 'm wrong i'm wrong, but that's what I dreamed, I believe that's coming. I, I after having that dream, I wanted to talk to my wife about Christmas. I was going to tell her that we need to get our presents now for the kids because I don't know if we'll be able to get them then because of what was going to be happening. Travel in the dream was unsafe. And so I was going to tell her this, and she said, Hey, babe, I want to talk to you. So she started talking to me, and right before she said anything, I had this knowing come over me that she's about to tell me the very thing I was trying to tell her. And she says, hey, I think we should go ahead and get the kids' Christmas presents now. We've never done that before. And I'm like, I was just blown away. Like, babe, I was about to tell you the same thing. We've already started buying our kids' Christmas presents. We're stocking up on for stuff for us and our neighbors. Just so you know this, the church is stocking up on food for our neighborhood here. We're, when this stuff breaks out and people are in need, the Church of Jesus Christ is going to open the doors, and we're going to feed the feed these these people around us, and we're going to preach the gospel and we're going to bring people into the kingdom. But we need to be prepared we need to be prepared. I'm stocking up personally for me and my neighbors, not just me and my family, but my neighbors too and because that's a great way to reach people when they're in need man they need a they need a roll of toilet paper. Hey, I got paper, and I got something else too. <laughs> we need to be prepared and we need to be praying like we've never prayed before in our life. We need to be hearing from God how God wants us to respond. There's some of you, I'm sure, maybe the Lord doesn't want you to stock up. He's got a plan for you, but I believe others are like Joseph. They're called to stock up. You know, they see the they see the famine coming and they want to begin to prepare for it. There's nothing that's not not having faith. Faith is hearing God and responding to what he says. By faith, Noah built an ark. That wasn't doubt, that was faith. So it's not f- the lack of faith to begin to store up if God tells you to do so. We need to pray. Pray, 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 vote, vote. And pray for these people that the spirit of witchcraft will be broken and the deception would come off these people when they began to see, because I've started doing that over specific people and I've started seeing light bulbs come on because I'm binding the spirit that's blinded these people that they can't see what is clearly true. Does that make sense? we got to do that. We're not waging war against flesh and blood. Any questions?